Hey guys, welcome to episode 3 of What's Out There. I'm your host, Grim Webster, and this episode we're going to do something a little different. I was contacted on Reddit, which you may know is where I get a good deal of my submissions, by a guy who claims to have multiple paranormal experiences. Now, I could have handled that a couple different ways. I could have, I could have sifted through what he submitted and just picked out what I liked the best, or, you know, I could have taken one here and one there and just used them one per episode. But instead, what I decided to do is get this guy on Skype and just do a full interview with him. So, that's what this episode is. This is an episode with a guy who I like to refer to as Haunted Tyler. I'm going to go ahead and play that for you now. Before we go ahead and start, let me just go ahead and thank you for doing this. This is this is very cool of you. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm always wanting to share more, you know, so. Okay, um, how about just uh, go ahead and give me a quick rundown of what's going on, just for anybody listening who hasn't seen the post on Reddit. Well, basically, there's a lot of things paranormally that happen in this house. Um, from, you know, me seeing something standing in my closet to, um, uh, like a large black dog. It was more of a black cat the size of a dog, you know, like a large dog that, um, my stepmom and sister have seen following my, my sister around at different times. And, uh, they've seen it twice. And the funny thing is, is that, well, not really funny, but the thing is that both those times, somebody in our family or, um, you know, a close family friend has died soon after. So there's that. And then my dad has seen a figure of a, um, like a large man, like a six foot six, you know, large man that was brown like mud that had no genitals, but was like naked. You could see the features that was walking on both feet and then got down onto like all fours, like he's walking on his hands and his back feet into my room. Uh, there's, I mean, this there's been a whole lot that I've seen in this house. Like, you know, before I even moved up here, I saw my stepmom's uh, brother looking at my room, and he passed away several several years ago before I even met him. Uh, has it has it always been just in this house, or has it has it been going on before that? Um, for me, it's been going on since I was little. I mean, I've seen stuff since, I mean, since before I even understood what it was I was seeing. Um, so, I mean, everything that you've seen in the house you're in now, have you seen the same things before or do they just, are they specific to that house? Uh, the things here are very specific to this house. Um, you know, every, every area I believe has its own stuff. So, you know, every, like, I'd say, like, every area has has its own things that pass through it. So it would make sense that not every area would have the same same things to it. Uh, have you ever looked into the history of the property? You know, I haven't, but this whole area is a very old area. Um, there's lots of old cemeteries around, I mean... Cleveland as a whole is known, you know, just to be, to have a lot of these sorts of hauntings around it. I mean, 
I don't know if you've ever heard of this place, but it's called um, Tinker's Creek Cemetery. It's maybe half an hour east of here in Valley View, Ohio. That place has been known for, um, for, I mean, years and years going back for, you know, people not being able to stay in that area. Settlers have never been able to really found it. Um, Native Americans couldn't stay there. And there's a cemetery right there in that area that I've experienced, um, you know, things walking in the woods around me, you know, whispers, you know, uh, being touched, stuff like that. Have you always lived in that area or has it, have you lived farther away and still, still seen things? Oh, I've, I've lived pretty much in Ohio my entire life. I've seen stuff. I used to live in Reynoldsburg, Ohio, which was east of, east of Columbus, about half an hour. And that's, you know, where I grew up and, you know, was seeing my first, you know, paranormal things. And then I moved out west to Plain City, which is about half an hour west of Columbus and um, London area. You know, I'd seen things in all of the places I've lived there. And then just recently in March of this year, I moved up here to Cleveland. Okay, so it's it's definitely not just the area that you're in now. Right. Okay. Uh, have you ever, have you ever tried to get any evidence like video or EVP or anything like that? Um, about two years ago, I was, I had this thing going on where, as I was about to fall asleep, I would hear somebody say my name right in my ear, and it happened to me about every night for about a month straight, and I would, it would scare me awake, and it would be a different voice every night. So what I did is I tried to set up a camera, or my, my laptop camera, and I would record myself every single night. And once I started doing that, it kind of died down a little bit. And I never really heard anything on the camera, and I never saw anything. So I, I don't know if that's, I mean, I've heard that you can, um, that some, sometimes things like that will happen, but it just seems kind of weird to me that when I made a conscious effort to try to find out what it was, it stopped happening. Right. Have you ever thought of uh, getting paranormal investigators in to check it out or anything like that? Uh, no, not really. I mean, I'm, I've done that before in the past. I've kind of gotten out of that because it seems like the more that I go out and try to investigate these kinds of things, the more stuff kind of happens at home. It's kind of like the, you know, I don't know if you've ever heard this before, but I've heard, you know, in the past and that seeing personally that things can't follow you home. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I hear that, you know, once once you've got one following you home, others just kind of tend to to gravitate towards it. So, I mean, I, I hear that uh, paranormal investigators tend to pick up a lot the more that they do. Yeah, it's... A, a good practice is always kind of, you know, just have your your zone pretty much just to get all all kinds of bad thoughts you know clear your head before you enter an area and then do the same before you get out just kind of relax clear your mind breathe and that that's that always seemed to help me the things in your house do they do they seem malevolent or i mean do you get any any bad feelings from them at all um Certain ones, yes. Yeah. Certain ones, no. Like, you know, every now and then I'll wake up and uh, 
really clearly see somebody standing in my closet, but I don't really. That one never bothered. Me. I work third shift, so I got I've got my room pretty blacked out, mm. except for my closet light. I keep my closet light on, so I don't stumble if I if I wake up to you know when I'm getting ready. But every now and then, you know, I always face sleeping. I always sleep facing the closet. And every now and then, then you know, during the day, I'll wake up look into my closet and see somebody standing there that pretty much fills up my closet so it's a pretty big whatever but I've never really felt anything bad in that in that sense it's never really scared me um another thing that never scared me was uh, I saw my stepmom's brother who had passed away like I said before years ago and that that was kind of a weird experience for me because that was the first time I've, I've seen something and not been afraid of it it was really weird to me because there was this guy who I'd never seen before who looked into my room and just kind of looked looked me in the eyes. We made eye contact and then, you know, just left the doorway. I... He didn't try to try to communicate at all? Uh, no, it seemed like he was, like, just curious as to who was in the house because this was one of the first times I'd actually spent a night up here. Um, you know, he just came from the direction of their bedroom and looked into my room. You know, we made eye contact and then he turned around and left, you know, back in the same direction. You know, it didn't bother me at all. I actually slept pretty good that night, but that was, that was weird for me because I've never seen something and then not been uh, afraid of it. You know, it, it just, for whatever reason, never even bothered me. Uh, one of the things that that I was I was kind of interested in was you mentioned something about uh, a box with a blinking light on it. Yeah, that uh. Now I would think that my stepmom and my dad are full of crap, but the way that they went about this, you know, I kind of got to applaud them on because it made sure that neither one of them were just making anything up and actually saw their evidence. What it, what it was is that my dad woke up in the middle of the night, and if you can picture, like, a 48-inch TV, there was just basically something like that, only completely black, floating in between their bed and the, uh, and the doorway. And my dad, you know, being half asleep, wondered why the refrigerator was, was in their room. And as he's looking at it, he sees, you know, this, this green light in the bottom right-hand corner. You know, he can't really figure it out. And at this point, my stepmom had woken up, seen it, and was starting to freak out a little bit. So he calmed her down and rolled over and went to sleep. You know, my dad's just like that. He doesn't let things bother him like that. Well, the next morning, my stepmom's trying to talk to him about it. And he goes, no, 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 don't say anything yet. So they each get a piece of paper and a pencil. And he says, draw it out. So they draw out the exact same thing. If you're looking down into the bedroom from above, where it would have been at, and all that. And he drew it from his perspective, you know, looking um, towards the door. And it was the same thing. They both showed the same thing in their picture, positioning and everything. I don't really know what to think about that. I I don't understand what that could have been. (laughs) You think it might go back to something your grandfather may have seen? Um, This is a... uh, you know, connection that I've made. My my dad doesn't really think that this has any connection to it at all, but to me, it makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, my dad's a really kind of skeptical person when it comes to a lot of things, and 
the fact that he talked to my grandpa about this a lot. And, you know, as it was his grandpa, it would have been my great-grandpa. And uh, that he had, he asked him over and over again over the course of several years about this incident. And he said the story never changed, ever. So, I mean, basically what, what happened was my grandpa, as, as he would say, was courting this girl. He had her out in the woods, you know, they're um, just hanging out. It was one of their first couple of dates down by the creek. He had a brand new uh, hat on. And this is back in like the 30s and 40s. And he said he felt something slap the, the bill of his cap. So he took it off and he looked at it. And it was covered in what looked like blood. So that freaked him out. He threw it into the creek and the girl was freaking out. So uh, he took her back to her house. And he said on his on his way back to his house, it was getting dark. It was it was dusk, and he looked out to the to his right in his field, and there was a like a sapling tree right in the middle of this field, that was swaying back and forth like there was a real real strong wind, but there wasn't any wind that night, and none of the other trees in that field were affected by it. Then as as he was looking over at it, he saw something come running from, imagine about half a mile away, from that tree, all the way up to his truck. And then immediately make a right hand turn 90 degrees and run alongside his truck. Now, as he's looking over at it, he was driving, you know, an older pickup from, from that year range. As he's looking over at it, he sees, he described it as the face of an anteater standing on two legs with a body like a human and back legs like a horse and a really long tail. And he said it didn't like his headlights. He it kept looking down at his head, headlights like it didn't like them. And at that point, he knew. Obviously, he was scared. I would be scared. He pushed his truck as fast as it would go, which, I mean, back in those times, was probably only about 60 or 70 miles an hour, and took out half a mile of fence that he had just put up that week with his dad on, on the way into the property. He was going so fast. He said he even, he was so scared, he opened up opened up his door, didn't turn it off the truck or anything, and ran straight inside and locked the door and and, uh, and hid pretty much the rest of the night. You say your dad saw uh, an angry man in your den and had a psychic conversation with him? Yeah, he he wouldn't he wouldn't really call it a, a psychic conversation. He he just called it like he like he thought. But basically, what it was is he was we have a counter in our kitchen that he was getting his wallet and stuff up off of, and from the kitchen you can see the den. And he looked over there and it was just like an older man, probably in his late sixties or early seventies. I was standing there in a in a flannel shirt, you know, something that looked like something that an older guy would wear, maybe back in the sixties or seventies. That was just looking at him real, like he was real angry with my dad. And my dad, you know, just kind of thought in his head, what are you doing here? And he got this message back that sounded like, this is my house, you need to leave. You know, my dad is real protective over his his family, his assets and all that. And so he thought, no, this is my house. You know, this is all in his head. He thought, no, this is my house. You need to leave. And the guy, he said the guy turned kind of sad, like he... Like, realized what was happening, but didn't really, you know, know how to cope with it. And he got sad, and his shoulders kind of shrugged down. And he turned and walked off to the right, which goes towards our back porch. My dad walked in there, and he said there was nobody in there at all. Tell me about the the large man in the hallway. 
Um, that one's actually a pretty short story. My dad was standing in the bathroom. The bathroom's uh, compl- directly adjacent, or, um, across from my room. I uh, getting ready for work. This was just recently. And he, um, he looked to his left and saw this thing, whatever it was, come from the hallway down by that room. Uh, just the same as as my stepmom's brother when I saw him. And as he was turning the corner to go into my room, he went from standing on two legs to like putting his hands out on the ground and walking with his, you know, with his hands and his feet rather than like on his hands and knees, if you can imagine right. that. But I mean, that's pretty much it. He said it went into my room and um, out of sight and he didn't, it bothered him enough that he didn't want to go in there and look at it. Now, how often does this stuff happen? It's very sporadic here. You know, I've lived places where I've seen stuff, you know, almost every night. But, like, for me, I've been here since March. And I haven't seen anything until last month. And, I mean, before that, you know, I saw my stepmom's brother once. I mean, that's really the only thing here. But we can go six months without seeing something and nobody will see anything. Or, you know, my dad will see something, like, nightly and nobody else will see anything. Or, you know, it, it... it's very sporadic. I mean, nobody, it doesn't affect everybody all the same, and people can go for several months at a time without seeing anything. But everybody is affected, right? Right. Um, tell me about the, the little girl. Uh, that, that one's another pretty short one. That one, that was the first thing I've seen here since I've moved up here. What happened was, actually just that night, or earlier in that day, we had a couple of people from a Mormon church, which I'm not personally Mormon, but uh, a few of my friends that, or a few of my dad's friends are, and they um, they came over and blessed the house. And um, that night, I was brushing my teeth, getting ready for work, and I, in my peripheral, I saw my dad pass by and kind of looked over and acknowledged him. And right behind him, I thought was my sister going to bed, and right behind her was was his dog, was my dog. And, you know, I saw each one of them individually, didn't really pay much attention, you know, just kind of looked him out of the corner of my eye. Well, I went, I was going to go ask my sister if she wanted my dog to, to sleep in her room that day. So I walked into her room, and she wasn't there. So I was like, huh. So I went downstairs, and there she was on the couch, and I asked her if she'd been upstairs yet, and she went, no. And I went upstairs and told my dad about it, and he said that he didn't notice anybody behind him, but he wasn't looking back behind him either. And, I mean, this girl was standing probably a foot and a half behind him. So, I mean, even if he was looking behind him, he probably wouldn't have caught it right away because she was smaller. And how often do you guys hear uh, hear footsteps? Um, yeah, I don't really because, you know, like I said, I'm I'm gone all night. But the weekend after the house was blessed, my stepmom did hear footsteps in the kitchen, which is something I didn't put, I haven't posted on to Reddit yet. But she heard footsteps in the kitchen and what sounded like a little, I think she said a little girl laughing in the basement, which kind of pairs up with something else. I'm not, I'm not completely sure that this was something paranormal because my sister has a lot of friends over a lot, but she had a knife down in the basement uh, turning a screw, a screw on the driver 
or on the, I'm sorry, on the washer. Uh, I guess something was wrong with it. And the following day, she found a name. I think it was Allie etched into the the washer with the knife that she used to turn that screw. Uh, which, I mean, it could have been anything. I mean, we, you know, me and my dad are really outdoors people. There's always knives laying around. And there's, I mean, my sister always has friends over. I mean, it did look fresh. And there was what looked like the enamel on it, on the tip of the mm-hmm. knife. But, I mean, it, I was down there before she was down there. And, I mean, nothing down there really bothered me. But, I mean, being down there in general does kind of bother me. It does feel like there's something down down here. I'm actually in the basement right now, but nothing, like right now, I'm not feeling anything. It's kind of off and on. But I don't know if that was paranormal or not. But that's... That's really the only time I can recall anybody having heard footsteps. So after um, after the house was blessed, was there was there any change at all in the activity? Did it die down a little bit, or it has died down actually since then? Um, before my dad was seeing, actually both my dad and my stepmom were seeing an old woman standing by their closet every night, and that has stopped happening. Um, they've stopped. They've been sleeping better and all that. I haven't really noticed a change in the atmosphere of the house. I mean, it's it's been pretty much the same to me, but activity overall has stopped pretty much, other than those those brief two instances that happened uh, right after. And what's the uh, what's the most recent thing that's happened? The most recent thing that happened would be that washer incident. If that was paranormal, um, other than that, would be that little girl. Uh, just just scanning through the comments here on on Reddit. I see a lot of people are really, they're really interested in, in what you're saying. But there's a lot of people that are, pretty much calling shenanigans on it. I mean, what what would yeah. what would you say about that? You know, I'm I've always been interested in the paranormal and all that, and the paranormal field needs doesn't need any more lies. I mean, that's just really the only way to put it. If, if people need to, if if we want people to believe. We need to, we can't lie about this kind of stuff because that just makes, you know, more people say, oh, well, you know, just like, just like you said, shenanigans, you know, that's, that's BS. It's, there's no way other, you know, rather than just taking someone's word for it. I mean, then this stuff is really happening. Like just something that's not on that thread that happened to me as, as a kid, I was probably about five years old at the time this happened. I, you know, and for a long time I thought this was a, my imagination. I saw this, this, I mean, this is even weird recalling. I saw a clown in my closet, you know, and, you know, as I got older, I chalked that up to, you know, being a kid's imagination and all that. And, you know, I believed that for a long time until my little brother was born and was sleeping in that same room and said the exact same thing and described it the exact same way. Wow. And I was like, well... How how does that even occur to somebody who hasn't seen, you know, at that age, I hadn't been watching scary movies or anything like that. And I remember being very afraid of it. You know, it wasn't like I could see the whole clown. I could see, like, his arm and a hand that was waving at me, you know, which is, I mean, that's, that still kind of freaks me out to think about that. But, I mean, like, how how can you... How can a little kid lie about something like right. that when they when they don't know? 
you know, so I mean, I, I just think that the paranormal field needs I, needs more truth in it instead of all these ghost hunter shows where they go out and they falsify evidence and, you know, like all my favorite, um, that one with that guy named Zach where they'll kick something on the ground and go, oh, I heard a noise yeah. and, you know. I think uh, one of those shows actually came to my area one time. We have a we have a bar in my area that's kind of notorious, and uh, a guy I know actually got to hang out with them with uh, one of the crew, and he basically came right out and said that they fake like ninety percent of the stuff they do. Yeah, and actually, I just saw a a news article. I'm, I'm a sub on, or I'm a moderator on a on a subreddit called One to Believe. Um, and somebody posted an article there the other day where they um, had allegations against them about um, faking a bunch of their stuff. So um, some of the people on in the comments here have brought up the idea of putting all this into book form and, and putting it on Amazon. Have you thought about that at all? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's more of a... Um, you know, like a willpower kind of thing, because I come home and, you know, Grand Theft Auto just came <laughs> out, and, you know, I've been, I just recently got into playing Saints Road, um, the third also, and so I haven't really been spending a whole bunch of time doing that, but it's something that I do want to do, and it's something that I am planning on doing, you know, I'm just right. also trying to gather up all my experiences throughout my life that, you know, that I kind of gotten lost back in back in my memory there somewhere yeah i i completely understand what you're saying there i'm actually a uh, a fantasy and horror writer on the side and one of the hardest things to do is just get started so i know where you're coming from yeah so i think that's about it i'm running a little short on time here but if uh you know if you do decide to put anything out in book form or if anything else happens, you got to come back on and let me know. Yeah, and I mean, I've, I mean, this is just recent stuff that I'm talking about here. I mean, you know, I've thrown in a couple of things from earlier in my life, but I mean, I've, my dad's told me stories throughout his life of things he's seen, you know, at different places. I mean, in completely different states. You know, I've experienced stuff most of my life, from sleep paralysis to you know, actually seeing things, hearing things, you know, hearing things breaking and then nothing being there, and you. Know, all kinds of stuff. So, I mean, anytime you want me back, I have a whole lot of stories. For <laughs> Absolutely. Anytime you want to come back, that's, that's fine with me. I'm, I'm always looking for, well, really for anything. I, I'm always taking, taking submissions from anybody who wants to submit. So, I mean, anytime you want to come back is great. Right. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, if, you know, I'm not really trying to, to advertise or anything here, but if you guys want to check out any other kind of sub like paranormal, um, I I strongly suggest trying out. Um, it's called Want to Believe, all one word. Um, we post mainly article based things. Okay. Um, like I post a lot of cryptid information. Other people post things about ghosts and um, psychokinesis and you know. Um, UFOs and all that kind of stuff, but it's more article-based, scientific-based stuff like that. Ah, that sounds good. Yeah, I'm I'm always looking for looking for stuff like that too. So anything that can point me in in a direction that I I haven't previously gone is 
definitely good information. Before we go, is is there anything anything big that you'd like to just get out there before we before we cut this off? Well, I mean, I guess I could share just a brief account of what happened in a house I lived in in Plain City. Okay. Um, you know, basically, as long as I kept the room the way it was for a little while, everything would be fine in there, but I could, I just could never sleep in the dark in there. But anytime I would move stuff around, things would kind of go crazy for a little while. Like, um, my dogs would sleep in there, which were two, at that time, two big Australian Shepherds. And they would just sit there and, and cower and growl at, you know, they'd all, they'd be looking in one direction and just growling and cowering like they were afraid. And then, um, like my brother has actually actually saw this happen. My um, my TV would turn off or change channels, and um, I mean, I've I've been standing outside and seen somebody standing in my room, and then went out there, and nobody else was home, and nobody was in my room. I mean, that's just I mean, just real brief about what happened there. But that's I mean, you know, I slept in that room. That's something that I experienced for several years out of my life. You know, I mean, we can go into that more in detail later because a lot of stuff happened in that house. Oh, but. yeah, definitely. And it, I, I definitely want to have you back on sometime in the near future. Of course. Yeah. Is is there – um, if if somebody wants to contact you, is what would be the best way to do that? Is there anything public you'd like to put out there in case anybody wants to, wants to hear more from you? Oh, uh, you know, like I said, I'm a moderator on that. On that sub, um, I want to believe. Sorry, blank there for a second. And um, you know, of course, you could just message the moderators, but I post there often. It wouldn't be hard to find a link from me. I usually try to post at least once a day. My username there is PunisherX2012. So you know, all you have to do is click a link. You know, send me a message. Message the moderators on there. I'll get it. Um, just address to it's uh, who it's to and all that. You know. I mean, I, I'm on Reddit pretty much all day long because I have an app for my phone. So any messages I get, I'll try to reply to you. I mean, probably within the hour unless I'm asleep. Okay. And uh, when when I post this interview, I'll also I'll link up the subreddit on the blog post along with the uh, with the flash players in the MP3 files. So anybody who goes there can have it as well. Yeah, that, that'd be that'd be great. I mean, it's we've had a short. We've only been around for about a week, but I mean, we've We've had a pretty good influx of people, but I mean, we could always use more. Okay. All right then. Um, it was great having you on, and uh, I hope to see you again in the future. I guess that's it. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you. I'd love to be back. All on. right. I'll talk to you later then. So that's the interview with Haunted Tyler, and from what I understand, we've only touched the tip of the iceberg there. So look forward to hearing more from him in the future. Now, if you have a paranormal experience that you'd like to submit, go ahead and go on to wotb.blogspot.com. On the left-hand side of the page, you'll find links to submit. There's also links for Facebook. Go ahead and like the Facebook page just to make me happy. There's also a Twitter link, a YouTube link. There's also a Skype number, a Google Voice number, and a good old-fashioned phone number that you can call or text. Again, my trip to Bardstown, Kentucky is coming up very soon, so if you're from near or around Bardstown and you know of anything paranormal that I should see, 
let me know and I'll check it out when I can. Until next time, keep your eyes and your mind open or you just might miss what's out there. Oh,